Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hi, welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues live on Spotify Green Room. My name is Steve Lippman. I'm joined as always by Emily Cannell and Dan Volpone. Uh, Emily, my first question is for you. What did you do yesterday? I took a practice test for my boards and then I worked for eight hours. Wow, which was more fun? Um, the practice test. Got it. Um, do you do? Should we tell people? Do you or do you want it to be public knowledge where you work so you can drum up business, or is this a secret? Um, probably. Well, since I just said it was not fun, I probably shouldn't tell people. Good point. Good point. And there's no way to edit it, so we've gone too far now. Yep. Dan, how's it going, pal? How are you doing uh, in terms of the Seventy Sixers? Oh, I'm. I'm not like upset about it. Like sad right now anymore um i feel like i got over that somewhat quickly i'm mostly just still mad at them uh they're just so annoying yep yep that seems about right oh i just saw what you dm'd us we'll add that uh to the list here the uh you know since we last talked on i guess it was saturday uh with rohan was yeah i think it was was, um Basically, what what is new is there's new rumors surrounding Ben Simmons and uh, and what might and will happen. The biggest rumor or the biggest piece of news came from Shams Sharania uh, yesterday um, when he said sources the Philadelphia 76ers have opened up trade conversations surrounding three-time All-Star Ben Simmons and have engaged with teams. Uh, I want to get to some of uh, some more of what he said here. Uh, after a disappointing defeat in the second round, uh, Sixers have been surveying the landscape for ways to improve the roster. Um, he mentioned how Doc and Embiid singled out Simmons' play after the series. Uh, they've opened up conversations about him. Um, they've been met with a high price threshold for the three-time All-Star. The Sixers want an All-Star caliber player in return, uh, which certainly seems fair. Uh, you know, they mentioned here... The uh, James Harden sweepstakes, I think, about how, yeah, uh, from Simmons' inclusion to in trade packages for James Harden with the Houston Rockets during the season to critical comments made from the Doc and Embiid. Uh, the writing is on the wall for Simmons and his future with the franchise. Um, and, it, you know, so far this appears to be renewed determination within him about bettering his game, sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, even if he could be playing elsewhere soon. So uh, to me, it seems like this is, you know, a lot of people have different reads on it. One, one way to look at it is they don't like the offers they've gotten yet. So they're saying this, like basically publicly putting them on the market to drum up more interest, or they have basically gotten to the point where they know they're going to trade him because the offers are such that there's going to be one that they accept. 
and they might as well start the process now. Emily, what is your reaction to this uh, report from Shams uh, from yesterday? Um, I mean, I'm not surprised, I guess. I We all saw this coming, so I'm fine with it. I was actually just thinking, I kind of got like lost in my own thoughts during that when you were talking about Ben working on his game. And, mm. and I was like, since it seems like he really just like got the yips and was afraid of playing basketball during the series, wouldn't it be more beneficial for his game to like play real life basketball games and to have played in the Olympics? That's what lots of people are saying. Um, a lot of people were, you know, to me, it sort of read like after that sort of public embarrassment, he was like, oh, there's, there's no way I'm playing basketball on TV anymore. Like, I'm done. No, thanks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's a it's a uh, a viewpoint with some merit that to play through this sort of mental thing, maybe playing more competitive basketball would have been good. And we'll talk about Matisse later, but that team is fun and seems like it'll be competitive. So, uh, Dan, what's your what do you think about the, the Shams report? And do you think that Simmons not playing in the Olympics signals something uh, substantial? I do think it's a big deal that it was from that it was from Shams. Uh, right. Like I know people, a lot of people's first reaction was like, well, we didn't, we, we don't know anything new after reading this, which like, I take that, like, I understand that point in that there's like, you know, there was, we kind of either could have inferred a lot of these things from the situation or they've been reported by someone else. But, you know, I don't really fully believe anything until, you know, it's coming from him or from Woj or like Stein or Haynes or some of those guys. Um, yeah. And just to, just to, uh, interject the the uh, most recent report before this one from one of those top people was Woj when he said that Rich Paul and Daryl Morey met and the Sixers are still planning on building around Simmons as part of the core. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that we had a big national person uh, confirm it in this way. So yeah, I do think that it's substantial. I'm sorry, keep going. Well, and not to mention, remember the last time uh, that Shams said that uh, mm-hmm. that him made available, Daryl immediately made him put out a statement saying that Daryl, you know, basically says that's not true. Um, yes, he put out a, a piece, and it was immediately followed up with that. Obviously, it was true, um, as we found out. But um, it, yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting uh, that it did come from that it did come from one of the top reporters. It's the first real report we've gotten about it, but I'm not really surprised. It felt like a matter of time. I think that I lean towards the second one. I do think the offers are there, you know, or at least yeah. the, the, I think the Sixers know the offers will be there. Um, and I also think they know they can't bring him back. Like, and, and, and lots of people disagree with this and that's fine. And I, and I understand their points, but I was listening to, uh, the rice Ricky Sanchez the other day and, and Spike made the point where he's like, it feels a lot like the Horford thing where like, uh-huh. yeah, there's maybe basketball reasons to bring him back. Like, you know, you could work the fit around him and, and he wasn't like a disaster, but like the best player didn't want to play with him. And it was a weird fit and, and it was clearly not working. And, you know, the team was super disappointing and he was basically scapegoated by a lot of fans. It's like, it's the same situation. Like it's the, is like you can't bring that guy back. They were never going to bring Horford back, and you know they they took less to not bring Horford back, probably. Uh, right. 
and I, I don't think they're going to bring Ben back. So I do take them, you know, opening it up to, to everyone is like, uh, we're going to make a move. So get your best offer in. Um, I, uh, I wanted to, uh, you mentioned the, the thing where uh, the Harden rumors were happening and it was on a Thursday night when Woj and Shams both and Ramona all said that um, the Sixers were making Ben Simmons available in a James Harden trade. And How do you remember Darryl, I looked it up, pal. Oh. I looked it up. I was going to be impressed. <laughs> I wish I should have played it off. I should be like, well, I was watching Real Housewives. I remember that's on Thursdays. All right. So in response to that report, to Shams' report, uh, Daryl gave a statement directly to Shams, and he said, we are not trading Ben Simmons. He is an important part of our future. So there's nothing to stop Daryl from doing that immediately after, uh, after this report came out yesterday that they're looking at offers, and clearly that didn't happen. So uh, it does seem like a writing is on the wall sort of situation. And, and I, w- what you said about you know, just sort of not being able to bring him back. I tend to agree. Uh, I think there's uh, different parts to that, though. I think one is that the offers are not, his value is not in the tank. Like, I really don't think that's true. I was worried that it would be after what we saw in that Atlanta series, but there have been so many reports um, ever since then about Simmons' value and how it probably, in the end, will be about what it should be. Now, it might not be, you know, Simmons for Dame as we'd love it to be, but uh, it might be much higher than I think a lot of fans feared. Uh, from Jason Lloyd, who writes for The Athletic uh, about the Cavs, uh, he said he wrote a big piece about uh, Colin Sexton and Kevin Love and what the Cavs are going to do this offseason. He said, I asked an executive from an opposing team if the Cavs could get Ben Simmons for a package of Love and Sexton. While the money matches, the, res- the response was no chance Philly can do better despite uh, Simmons' per- perceived deflated value. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that there is, you know, maybe if Simmons started the year next year and they add another shooter or, or who, who, who knows what else, maybe he'll have one of his good two week spans where he goes to the rim a ton and, and, you know, his value could tick up a little bit, but I do agree with you, Dan, about how there is a, a non-basketball element to this, um, which we are sort of implying like there's. You know, I think somebody had uh, yesterday that Embiid and Simmons have been closer off the court this year than ever before. Um, but I just think it, it probably matters to the MVP candidate that, you know, his running mate completely no-showed when he walked around with a torn uh, meniscus. So, uh, Emily, what do you think about that? Do you think that it's a tenable situation to bring him back uh, given the off-court stuff, like, do you think they can make it work if they have to, and do you think they will have to? Um, I think they can make it work if they have to, but I don't think that they'll have to. I think yeah. that there will be a good trade package for Ben because I don't want them. I mean, I really think the Horford situation, like getting blown out by the Celtics in the first round last year, was just even. I don't know. I don't know which one was worse. But it's, it's hard to say. It's, like, it's hard to say. But yeah. I'm, I think with Horford, it was more like there's more. Ben is so complicated because there's more like goodwill for Ben in the city, even though people it's not at the forefront of people's mind. But Ben has done good things. And Ben was our draft pick. And 
So Ben is like a little bit of our guy, even if everyone is pissed at him, where Horford was never our guy. And we were like, get this guy out of here. Oh, there was there was nobody last summer being like, keep Al. He's part of the exactly. team. Like, you know, there was there's Actually, none of that. Give you one guy who is also the uh, biggest Ben guy. Uh, oh, boy. So, yeah, Dietrich, Dietrich said that Horford was not a bad fit. There we go. All right. Well, besides Ben Dietrich. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that, even though people, including myself, think that Ben should be traded, but I do think there will be a Ben trade. Um, at the same time, we can't really, and I'm not saying that we are doing this, but we can't do this thing every year that the Sixers underperform where it's like, we got to get some guy out of here and like make it this huge scapegoat thing. I feel like it's happened the past two years and I don't know if that's exactly a good thing, but I don't, I think the fans feel like they're influence influencing the front office where like, it's like the fans say Ben's got to go. So like they got to get him out. I don't really think that they're that influence to be honest. Like they're no, I don't think to so make either. a bad decision just because the fans are like burning Ben Simmons jerseys. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I mean, I certainly don't think they make any decisions that way. I, I think that, Daryl is not ignorant to the the fan base and like just sort of what what it would be like in the arena if if Ben were to remain and look the same. Um, but yeah, I certainly don't think that's how that's like the the uh, the way by which they make decisions. Um, so yeah, I mean it's hard to say. I think that I think that this is all heading toward like because the other angle of this. I'm sure that Ben Simmons is not dying to come back to Philadelphia right now. Like, no, I understand he it. Like, wants out. he definitely yeah. wants out. I don't. I mean, there's certainly lots to blame him for, but as a person, I don't blame him for that. I would want a new sort of change of scenery type of thing. And he's also at the highest powered agency in sports. So, uh, yeah, I think if the Sixers were to pull him off the table, I think then the next thing you hear is that uh, Rich Paul has made some sort of request or demand. Uh, for Simmons. So I, I think probably from every angle, all, all of the parties are looking to move on. And I, and I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, in concert with the Shams report was Mark Stein, who now writes for Substack. I don't know what that is, but good luck to him. Um, I'm sure it's great. It's like he, a subscription he, thing. Is it? Because I, I just like read it. Own, I, I clicked on it and read it. I think it's like his own newsletter. Like you can like make your own newsletter on Substack, and that's just like a thing they used to send it out. I might be making that. Oh, okay. should we do one of those? You Top five handsomes of the week. You want to write yeah, it? Upgrade it every. Yeah, Substack. Start a paid newsletter. Yeah, so, I think that's. I think people like this podcast, but they think they wish it cost more money. So I think we should do that. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably. So Stein said. Basically, a lot of, you know, Stein included some of the hedging that I'm sure Maury, Maury had him put in there about how they're willing to, you know, they don't want to trade him for nothing, which is not just hedging. It's also true. Um, but how they're willing to go into the season with him and da, da 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 He said, just scan through the teams that have been linked to Simmons trade already. Cleveland, Indiana, Minnesota, and Sacramento are known suitors. Toronto is also said to have expressed, in, expressed interest. More will emerge. Um, Dan, what do you think about that and sort of that list of teams? I don't know that there is a sort of perfect, uh, match there, uh, among those lists of teams. They honestly look like a lot of places Ben Simmons would hate to go. Uh, what do you <laughs> think about, uh, about the, that list from Stein? 
Send them to Indiana. Love it. Oh, God. Middle of nowhere. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's hard because the perfect fit is a great player. It's a great perimeter creator. Um, and it's just so taken for granted that, like, one will become available. And I, I just think that that's probably still not that likely. Like a Ben for Lillard trade is still not likely. There's, there's too many reasons it could not happen. I mean, first of all, Lillard could decide to stay another year. He could not put the Sixers on his list, you know. And 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 Beal's, I think, a whole lot worse. And even him, he has the same kind of thing where he has never really expressed interest in leaving Washington. So then you go to these lower tier guys who can do some of these things, but they're not as good. They're not all stars. Uh, even CJ, who I think I like a lot more than most, has never been an All Star. Um, and it, that's crazy, it gets, though. Yeah, yeah but, he he would have been this year if he didn't get hurt. He was having a great yeah. year. He, yeah, he was off to a great start. But I mean, it's just it's it's tricky, and I think that you know, um, it's just so it's frustrating. I I keep going back to the Harden thing. He was he was you know the rare the rare star who is you know, uh, a, a primary, a primary guard who, who did have Philly, you know, if not at the top second on his list and, and said he would play here. And I think it was almost taken for granted by a lot of people that like, Oh, well, superstars come available every year, just like the last few years. And the thing I kept coming back to is like, they didn't want to play here. They weren't good fits. Like, and, and we would be so lucky if, if Dame asked out, and he said, the Sixers are on my list. But more likely than not, I think we're probably looking at one of these, you know, for, you know, top 40 to 50 to 60 players in the league who are like solid guards and might make the team better, but are not giving you the ceiling you once hoped you had with Ben or the ceiling that you could see yourself having with another top 10 player that probably won't be available. And I think it's kind of depressing. As much as I like some of these players, I think it's kind of... Yeah, like for... Doomsday Dan is back. <laughs> um, for me, I just I just sort of think that the solve to that is instead of just Ben, you do Daryl ends up doing Ben and a bunch of stuff. So you get, you know, people around the league who value Ben highly. And then you, you know, I my guess is that Daryl is willing to overpay for the right player in that scenario. Like I, I would be shocked if he just did like a Ben and Ben for Brogdon sort of thing. Um, but, but do you think the right player will even be available? It's a great question. I mean, like the thing about Lillard and probably Beal is that those teams aren't trading them until they absolutely have to. Like those guys are great and uh, they're just not going to get traded before they put pressure on the team to trade them. Um you know, the Haynes reporting about Lillard, I think, was very interesting and, and was a bit of a smoke signal. Um, none of the Chauncey stuff went well. Like, they, that was a disaster and continues to be. Um, I would be interested to see what happens after the finals when I think teams will be more willing to maneuver and, and what happens after the Olympics. So, uh, yeah, I don't, the, the real question, the real answer is I don't know. Uh, you know, a guy like Levine might be more gettable and more in that vein. Um, Emily, what do you think about that report from Stein and about those teams that, that he listed there as, as already being linked to Simmons? Yeah, I agree with 
you in that I don't think Ben wants to go to any of those teams, and there's also not really any players on those teams that I'm, like, dying to get. Um, and what Dan said, that he thinks it's more likely that we'll get, like, a top 60 player, in that case, is it more beneficial to keep Ben? Like, I think Ben is more than a top no. 60 player. <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't think Daryl would trade him for for a, the fifty fifth best player in the league. I just don't like. I, I don't know yeah, how don't exactly it would happen, but I think that we talk about selling low. I think that would be the definition of selling low, and I don't think but he would do that. I think you could get, you could get, you know, even if it's like, reiterate the teams for. So say, can you say repeat the teams for me? Uh yeah, one sec. Um, it was Indiana, Sacramento, um. Uh, who else? Uh, Toronto, Minnesota. Uh, I think that those were the four. I mean, I think there's there's real reason to be confident in De'Aaron Fox. And I think if you could if you could also get like you know a guard and a couple picks, right? And and if you feel like that is fair value, I mean, I think that the idea that the Blazers will probably want Ben is 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 not correct. Um, like if I were a rebuilding team, I wouldn't want to start rebuilding around a guy who's 25, who's almost impossible to build around. who's on a max contract who has is basically, you know, another playoff disaster away from his value actually really dropping. Um, and, and to get, I don't, I don't want that instead of picks. I want picks and the Blazers, if they trade Dame are probably rebuilding. So, I think there's nothing wrong if you get Fox in a pick or like Brogdon in a few picks. Like, yes, you have to wait until you can aggregate those guys again, but that's plenty of of basically you know ammunition to. You say doing like a step trade, like you right, you, if, you, you if, do if the Ben for a guy who the other team might want more. Right, like you have if you say you, we have to move on from Ben now, but we also want to keep our options open. Reach out to the Blazers and they say, okay, Lillard's not available now, and we say, well. You know, we're staying tuned to, to the situation. By the way, what do you think of Darren Fox? What do you think of Malcolm Brogdon, right? Like, you know, would they be guys that you like if you ever come to a point where you have to trade Lillard? I think there's nothing stopping the Sixers from, from getting this information, and I would be shocked if they... I would also just like to have Fox. I love Darren Fox. He's really so cool. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> He's really good. I I think he's like a now now on this subject we can go to this report, which I think is a lot of posturing, uh, but but we'll talk about it. It's from Jason Anderson with the Sacramento Bee. Um, he said the, this is the report from today uh, in response to Sacramento's rumored interest with Simmons. Sacramento would probably be willing to offer a package that includes Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley the third, and one or more future first round picks. One. League source recently told the Sacramento Bee the Kings would have to send a minimum of three first-round picks in a trade structured around Heald and Bagley. Another source said the Sixers wouldn't be interested unless Fox or Halliburton were included in the trade. But Heald's elite three-point shooting and Bagley's unrealized potential could be appealing if a better offer doesn't materialize. I mean, As in he's kind of a boss. You know, Sacramento's not at the table unless... Darren Fox is interested. Like, there's Heald no stinks. way that. What'd you say? Heald stinks. Like, I don't want. Yeah, Heald. Heald's good at one thing and and bad at everything else, and I I just don't think that he like is valuable enough to pay him that money. Um, 
that I mean, that would be like the definition of a sell low is like trading Ben for these sort of spare parts like Bagley, who hasn't been good in the NBA yet. um, And and a guy like healed. Um, We talked about the Timberwolves a little bit. Darren Wolfson, who we talked about earlier, he's a uh, Timberwolves reporter. He said the strong sense that the 76ers do not want D'Angelo Russell, which is comforting to read. Um, (laughs) I also do not want D'Angelo. Yeah, he's bad. Let's talk about Fox. I don't know if we've talked about him yet. Um, Fox is a really good player. He's very young. He's not like, you know, around 30 like most of the guys that uh, I feel like are rumored in this way are. You know, he's not a great three-point shooter. He'll shoot them. um, And he's decent in the mid-range. And he, I think he scored like 24 points a game and had seven assists. Um, There is untapped potential there, which I think is exciting. The only question is whether or not he's good enough in isolation at the end of games and in the playoffs. Um, but I think that he's a he's a very, you know, interesting option. I don't necessarily know why Sacramento would do that. Um, but I think that, you know, by, by all accounts, a very good guy in the locker room and very well liked. Emily, what do you think about the potential of like a Simmons for Fox thing? And how would you rank that among the other options that we've seen? Um, I, like I said, I would really like that. And I think it's definitely one of the best options that we've seen. Um, so, but I, like I said, I don't know why the the Kings would do that, but I would like them to do that. So I, I, I also think that part of this, and I could be making this up, like I could not be giving NBA GMs enough credit, but I think part of it is like, these guys are like, they have like some type of hubris and like confidence in their abilities that I think they think they can make Ben Simmons something that yes, he's not. That is absolutely true. And, and I think I talked about it last week. Part of my worry is like, okay, this off season, you can say, you know, you have this hubris. You're saying like, we can bring him in and make him better than he, like, look at all this untapped potential. He doesn't even shoot Just like the basketball. That's, he has what a, exactly. Untapped potential. That's why we should really talk about Bagley. Um, but if you start the year next year and he looks the exact same, I think some of that wears off and you're like, Jesus, like. I agree. Dan, what'd you say? You will. Yeah. So, so I, I think that it's sort of important to do this this offseason because he can look like a reclamation project to other teams around the league who just saw him fall in the playoffs against Atlanta and be sort of embarrassed and bring him in and say like, this guy's got all this potential. Look at all these accolades. Like, you know, let's get him in here. And I, and I think that some of that sheen wears off when the season starts the same way, like a draft pick is eminently less valuable after a draft pick is made and he's an actual guy. I think that that's sort of what we're looking at with the off season. Dan, where are you at on De'Aaron Fox? No, I like I like Fox a lot. I'm not interested in in those other guys. Although, I mean, the idea of getting, you know, those those three first that that they think they would need to get Simmons without Fox, I I think there's there's some value to that, right? Like, um, just to knowing, reroute that, yeah, just knowing a three team deal is possible. I mean, like I said, maybe maybe the Blazers, you know, and I only keep bringing this up because I think that it's the best case scenario. And and I like to be be hopeful about about getting another star with Joel here, but you know if Lillard asks out, maybe the Blazers talk themselves into some kind of Ben and CJ thing. I'm not sure how anyone could do that to be honest, but but you know they're a small market team; they might not want to tank. Who knows? Yes, that's but, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but 
the smart thing to do in that situation is just say, we're going to get a bunch of picks and we're going to start rebuilding. Like a lot of teams have been doing, you know, I don't really understand fully what the Pelicans are doing, but they have a lot of picks and the Thunder have every pick. Um, and to just have the ability, whether it's with Minnesota, whether it's with Sacramento, and, and the fact that they have the options for probably multiple teams that are going to give, you know, two or three firsts or maybe even compete with each other and, and end up overpaying for Ben. You know, when we thought Ben's value was, was low, could we get an overpay in picks for a team mm-hmm. that's saying, well, we, we, you know, we're not going to be able to sign like a real top 20 star because they don't want to play here. We're a small market, but like we want to compete now. We want to accelerate our rebuild to get those guys to overpay for Ben and then have the draft capital to, you know, say to the Blazers, yeah, you're rebuilding. And we have, you know, we don't have a guy who's 25 and like, you know, and like half a star. We have like a bunch of picks that you can, you know, really jumpstart your rebuild. And I think that was where the Sixers fell short in, you know, a Harden deal, assuming that that they preferred the Nets offer, which might not be entirely true, but they it was at yeah. least close enough. It was at least close enough, you know, for them to say, well, the 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 Nets can offer like two more firsts and one more swap than the Sixers could, and you know, we would ra- as a rebuilding team, you know, yes, we could. They probably could have rerouted Ben for more picks, but. But to just keep Ben, I don't think is that appealing when he's, you know, 24 and hasn't gotten all that much better and has so far in his career seemed to be more of a, a floor raiser than a, than a ceiling raiser. So I don't think he's an ideal build around guy. And the fact that those, you know, those teams are out there offering these picks, I think is a reason for optimism. You know, I'm still obviously think it's less likely we get Lillard, but, but it's, a, it's a reason to think we could put together a really solid package for him at least. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Yeah, I think that the question is basically to to Portland is is Lillard on the market and to Lillard's people is he would he be happy in Philadelphia? Because if so, you you're you're right when you said you have two options. You say take Ben. Like let's say they're a small market team and they don't know that their fans will tolerate going to the absolute bottom, uh, which I get. You know, I think that that's similar. Um, and, and in which case they take Ben and then they want Ben. If they don't want Ben. You sell Ben or, you know, or this becomes a three-team deal. We have uh, Nolan in our chat here on Green Room who brought up a three-team deal between Portland, Minnesota, and Philadelphia. Um, Minnesota, we know wants Ben. Uh, Portland has Dame, who we know the Sixers want. And then uh, it would be getting whatever Portland wants uh, in that. So basically the bevy of picks would come from Minnesota and from Philadelphia that you just basically send to Portland and Portland does the OKC thing. Um, so I think that that's, that's a real possibility if Dame ends up being available. Um, and, and we're just going to have to see, because uh, I'm not sure uh, what that will be like. I, I really think that he'll have to ask out uh, for him to get traded. Um, we have a couple non-trade things uh, as an intermission here. Uh, Matisse Thibel is back vlogging. To, good for him. 
and he's also playing really well with um with the Australian national team. I think he was born in Australia and then moved to America. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that that's how he ends up playing for them. Um, he his jump shot looks good. He's doing all the defense things he usually does, and mainly for me, it just made me excited uh, for him to be able to play 30 minutes on and and possibly start on the Sixers. Uh, if Simmons gets traded, Dan, any reaction to Matisse? I don't know if you watched the vlog or uh, just watching him play in the Olympics. He had a really nice game against USA the other day. I have not watched the the, the vlog yet, although I know Emily has. Um, but for the no, I think it's it's the it's the same thing that that we've been saying um, is that yes, you lose some defense when you trade Ben, but a you don't need you know a top you know, couple top few guys, perimeter defender on your team. You just need like four good ones. You know, you don't need to guard Trey Young with one player. You can scheme for a guy like that. Um, and and B, you, you you can play Matisse more minutes when Ben is not here because offensively they do not they do not fit. You know, and so if if you are getting a real perimeter creator who can shoot, Matisse can start and and Matisse. Yes, he's he's old for a guy who's who's been in the league for two years already, but he's still gotten better. Like he got much better his second year compared to his first on both sides of the ball. And I think his 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 three point shot was worse, but a lot of that was that he shot out of his mind to start his um to start his rookie year. And last year for you know most of the year it actually looked a lot better. Um and and off the dribble, he looked more confident. I expect him to keep working on that kind of thing. And and defensively, he was much more, uh, you know, locked in. He he, the Hawks series kind of put a sour ending on it, but he for the most part made fewer mistakes. Um, made a lot in the Hawks series, but um, I I just have a lot of confidence in him uh, in a way that I didn't really coming out of last season. I think he's he's I didn't as an older player I didn't necessarily expect him to. to you know, get so much better. And, and I, I'm optimistic that he can keep, you know, improving. He's shown his an ability to improve on his weaknesses. And I would, I think he's such a weapon. And um, even off ball, I think he's, he's a much better defender than Ben is. Ben is better on ball. Um, Matisse is, is causing more havoc, um, you know, when, when he's, when his man doesn't have the ball. And I think that, you know, he, he really is a, a weapon who I would love to get more minutes. And that's, kind of a, a perk of, of bringing another guy in for Ben. Yeah, I, I think he's really good, and I would love to see him playing starters minutes. I think that would be really great. Um, just, I did some research about the Australia thing. Thibel was born in the U.S. and moved to Sydney when he was two years old. He lived there for around seven years and gained Australian citizenship. Emily, uh, your reaction to Matisse's new vlog and or his uh, recent play is with the Australian national team? So one question I have about the vlog, I did watch it. Matisse is just so adorable. Um, yeah. I think he's getting more handsome as he ages, which is lovely for him. Definitely. Um, something that I thought was really interesting was he said that he doesn't know anyone's name on the team. Except like, for like, like two guys, he said, I think. Yeah, but like there are plenty of <laughs> NBA players on this team like Aaron Baines, Matthew Dellavedova, who I guess isn't in the league anymore but was uh, Joe Ingles, Patty Mills Dante Axum, like 
these people all some other people that I don't I probably wouldn't know either like Josh Green for the Mavericks I probably wouldn't know him but like these people play in the NBA like Matisse has played against them and he does not know their name like he game planned for them he watched film on them uh, supposedly like he does not know their name yeah I mean I'm looking at the roster there are more guys names that we know than oh my god guys Ryan broke off is he on the team no, no, I don't think yes. he is. Yeah. The Boomers 2020 Olympic squad features seven athletes who competed at the 2016 Olympics, including Brokoff and Delavadova and Baines and stuff. Well, we love Brokoff, and, and I think that trading Ben for Brokoff is something we shouldn't consider off the table. Um, what yeah, else? So the Oh, go ahead. Just that was funny that he doesn't know anyone's names. Um, but he's been playing so well, just to talk about his actual gameplay. Yeah. Um, the highlight block on Kevin Durant was just good, great stuff. Like, he was our, who knew we had our Durant killer the whole time. Like, right. we would have beaten the Nets in four with Matisse. It would have been <laughs> great. Um, but, yeah, love him. And I would be very – I understand if he would it be included in a trade, but I would be very sad to see him leave the Sixers. Uh, Emily, I'm going to respond to you with a uh, quiz question. Who is Tad uh, Brown? This doesn't have anything to do with what we were just talking about. No, we're moving on. Who's Tad Brown? Oh, okay. Um, Tad Brown is the new CEO of Harris Blizzard Entertainment, yes? Goddamn right. Tad Brown has agreed to become the CEO of the Sixers and the Devils, who we love, uh, both holdings. I love a good We do not holding. love the Devils. <laughs> <laughs> The Harris Blitzer in sports and entertainment. Uh, yeah, I'm, Tad Brown is a family, but I am I'm more than a Philadelphia fan. I am a Harris Blitzer fan. Exactly. Oh, I love Apollo Global Management. I love all. Get out of uh, here. Loves <laughs> you know, Lu- yeah, Lewis Black, the Epstein plane, all stuff that's very cool and not weird <laughs> at all. Um, the uh, Tad Brown is a Daryl Morey guy. Brown spent the past fifteen years as the CEO of the Rockets. Uh, where he was there with uh, with Daryl in 13 years with the Rockets, Brown and Maury oversaw a 640 and 400 record, which is a 615 winning percentage. Um, they've long described a shorthand of understanding and conversation that's beneficial in collaboration. Seems to me like Daryl forced out old Scotty O'Neill and brought in one of his buddies. Dan, what's your reaction? Good. Great. Emily, you anything? Um, I just think it's interesting, like, that these people own also own the Devils, and they're like, well, we're just going to bring in a basketball guy. Like, it's just, they don't really seem to care about the Devils, they, which is fine. Well, that's a either, ego but. for some reason. That's like when uh, Ed Snyder famously loved the Flyers and cared about the Flyers and did not care about the Sixers. I think that, yeah, you definitely lean your attention one way or the other. Um. Phoenix Suns assistant, Willie Green, thank you. Uh, Never heard he, of him. He got the uh, the head coaching job in New Orleans, and I am uh, very excited for him. Nobody cares about him or this, but Willie was a sixer for seven years from uh, 2003 to 2010 and one of my all-time favorite sixers for reasons beyond my understanding. Emily and Dan, do you guys have any memories of watching him play? Kind of. I was yep. young. But I I remember him being a sixer. Yeah, Emily. Um, not as much. That was like 
kind of pre that was in my dark times where I like didn't watch too much basketball. Um, so not as much, but just on coaching searches, I just want to say it seems like we're going to go another year without with Becky Hammond only reaching uh, final rounds and considerations, which I just think is fucked up. So it's especially fucked up when, like, I think the only final round she got to was in Portland, where instead of hiring her, they hired Chauncey Billups, who has uh, sexual assault allegations in his past. So. Uh, yeah, clearly the problem in that in that way continues in the NBA, and it's a bummer because people like Becky Hammond and like uh, Don Staley are certainly deserving and should get more of an actual look than what they end up getting, which I think is like a PR bullshit thing, which uh, they certainly are too good for, and and I think it's a sort of an insult to them on every level. But very happy for Willie. Didn't mean to take it away from him. Deserves it. You know, you kind of did. You, you turned did, it into... I, I turned yeah. it into my, my feminist rant about Becky Hammond <laughs> getting a head coaching job, and I, I didn't mean to do it. I just wanted to make a point, because I just think she freaking deserves one. <laughs> I think you're right. And uh, I think you're right. And I think that, uh, you know, no offense to Willie if he's listening, um, but, but I think you're absolutely right. Finally... Uh, Jake Fisher, who writes for Bleacher Report and is a former Liberty baller and a nice guy, he recently wrote a book called, what's it called? What's Jake's book called? Hang on a second. This is great promo for Jake. Hang on a second. It's called called Built to Lose. I apologize. How the NBA's tanking era changed the league forever. Uh, Jake had a report today sort of around the league stuff. Uh, and on Kyle Lowry, who we haven't talked about this offseason and haven't talked about for a while, probably since the trade deadline, he said even Philadelphia, in possession of more first-round capital than the aforementioned contenders, would currently need to uh, complete a sign-in trade for Lowry or another high-impact veteran playmaker. Obviously, the Sixers are capped out. It's said that Lowry would welcome the chance to play for his hometown team, and the veteran floor general has long been a favorite of Sixers president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey. Um, Kyle Lowry's really good. I love him. I would love him to come back to Philadelphia. I certainly don't think that he can be like the Simmons return, you know? Like, I think that you need a guy who's, uh, you know, Lowry's going to be playing at 36 this year. I still think he's very good, but um, I would love to figure out a way to get Lowry in the non-Simmons trade to, you know, figure out a way to do that because it, Lowry will be a sign and trade and sign and trades are just inherently not big returns. It's a guy who could walk in free agency. So, uh, Dan, what do you think about Lowry and the possibility of him coming to the Sixers this offseason? Yeah, I think it's a fun idea. Like, It'd be, it'd be nice to have him. I'm not sure. I don't know. He, he'd be fun to have. He might make us better. I I just don't see... I don't really see it happening. I think that, you know, that would be such a weird sign-and-trade. Even if it was, like, Lowry and stuff for Simmons. I Sign-and-trades are weird. They're not usually that big. Like, I, the, the couple that come to mind... Or obviously, like the Sixers when they they got Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler, like they weren't getting full value for that, and and the the, the Warriors got like D'Angelo Russell for for Kevin Durant. So these aren't deals where like you're getting as good of a player back. And I, right, I I don't I don't I really don't see the Sixers moving 
Ben to sign and trade Lowry as opposed to no. just flipping him to another team. And besides that, I'm not sure how they come up with salary. Right. If not that, because Danny Green is no longer under contract. He's a free agent. So during the year, he would have been the central salary component for that. Um, so I'm not sure if there's a way to do it. Like Tobias, I don't know if Tobias makes any sense for uh, Toronto. I would certainly be interested in that, uh, in, in working it out that way. Um, but we'll see. I think it's interesting that, and, and good to hear that Lowry would like to be in Philadelphia because I, I think he's awesome. Um, oh, also Jake mentioned that the Sixers uh, will likely be able to sign and trade Danny Green if he doesn't. Come back to Philadelphia, I'm sure, because Danny wants to play on contenders and contenders are interested in Danny and contenders generally don't have that much cap space. So it it would be important, I think, for them to not lose Danny for nothing. Emily, your reaction to the Kyle Lowry stuff and what what you would think about him? Yeah, I agree with um, what you said that I would be interested in Lowry, but I would like it to be a move separate from the Ben move. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it looks like because I've said many times I'm not great at that stuff, but I think we need to aim for someone younger in the Ben move. Yeah, and, and I think more of a, a like legit current star than Lowry, who is a very good player, but probably through with being an all-star, I would imagine. Um, I think that's it. Do you guys have anything else before we get out of here? I do not. Amelia, um, anything? I don't um, No. Great. And is your full name Amelia? Absolutely not. Okay, great. Amelia it is. Um, good talking to you guys. Uh, this was fun. Uh, thank you to everybody on Spotify Green Room who hung out with us. Uh, appreciate that. And we'll be back with another episode where we're really going to have to play some games or some shit on uh, Monday. But that's really where we thrive. So, Good to talk to you guys. Best of luck to Matisse Thibel, uh, or Matisse Thibel, uh, if you want to sound smart uh, and say it wrong. Um, that's it. Good to see you guys. Ha- didn't see you. Let's end it right now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. wireless company with nothing to hide seriously hidden fees we don't have them annual contracts not our thing great wireless on just one line now that's more like it get unlimited 5g data powered by verizon for just 25 dollars a month taxes and fees included that's right 25 a month every month sorry hidden fees we're just not that into you sometimes the choice is just visible switch today at visible.com rate with service on the visible plan for additional terms and network management practices see visible.com